Welcome to Ego Radio. We sit down with brilliant artists in fashion, film, and music. Our mission is to help you get in the minds of creatives and entrepreneurs who are breaking ground. It's easy to make a hit, but it's hard to build a career. How do you stay fresh and curious with your artwork and life? That's what we're here to find out. And this week, you will be tuning into a conversation with Hosp, co-founder of a new creative production company called Elsewhere, digital strategist YBN Corday, as well as many other brands, businesses, and artists. He got his start in digital strategy with a blog on rap and rap culture that received hundreds of thousands of hits a month. He then went on to tour with Chance the Rapper as an intern, and post-tour, he launched his career as a digital strategist while traveling the world, building connections in New York City, LA, Sydney, way more cultural hubs, and London where he settled in over the past year. He is a great example of what I believe the future of creatives in the marketing space can strive to accomplish in terms of freedom and success. My name is Ethan, I'm a filmmaker based out of Toronto and your host for this episode. Let's get into it. So I'm going to just jump right into it. Um, you have a, a very interesting story. Uh, your career path has been, uh, from what I've seen, nothing but obscure, like really like just like not uh, not very regular. And it looks like it's been pretty much like customized to exactly what you want. You've kind of just been uh, playing it by ear and, and moving and... Uh, for all the listeners, I'd love if you could just give like a little breakdown from like university to now where you're at, kind of what you've been up to. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, it's definitely it's definitely been a little bit of a ride over these last few years. Um, but yeah, basically over the last four years, I've been kind of just trying to shape kind of where I want to go, I guess. So um, I basically started university in Canada <clears throat> and I... Um, was in business for a few years, wasn't really enjoying it, was about to damn near fail out of university. Um, and basically, so I ended up switching into communications last minute, didn't really know what it was, uh-huh. um, but it ended up being a great decision for me. And so um, I remember my third year, I met one of my best homies now. I met him uh, when I switched into communications. I ended up starting a hip hop blog where I could basically take the papers that I was writing in class because I was always trying to find a way to spin and write about something current and then publish them online. And then I just started really getting addicted to it and ended up publishing about 300 articles my first year on that site. Um, but he found out about it and he joined me in that. And we ended up starting this website and we did like 100,000 hits our first year. It was super fun. It was just a complete passion project we're making any money off it besides t-shirt drops um which is cool and then basically finished off my last two and a half years there that was kind of my main focus i really wasn't too worried about school i was doing fine at that time i kind of uh figured myself back out just because i was able to do a lot of writing and presentations as opposed to tests which i think was um one of the big things that was kind of holding me back previously um and so once i graduated i basically had a weird kind of mentality of like I don't necessarily really like nobody in the world I want to work for there's about five people in the world that I feel comfortable working for and like not yeah, sell myself yeah. out to so basically I said okay you know what I'm just gonna I'm gonna skate out go run to Australia for a little bit like I always wanted to go to Australia and let me go travel let me go see the world a little bit um, yeah, yeah. and do that so while I was out there I was bartending kind of it's having an interesting time out there because um, one of there was a friend but we ended up living in different cities so it was definitely you know a little bit of a lonely experience for a while but I was doing a lot of, you know, self-discovery and just like, you know, keeping keeping busy writing, doing that type of stuff. And then basically through a crazy Twitter happening, ended up getting a internship with Chance the Rapper, um, just kind of through, you know, people help kind of bolster down a you know campaign um which meant so you, that you, basically broke up, can... you broke up a little bit there uh so last last thing i heard was through a crazy twitter uh oh, yeah you ended up getting on the campaign with chance or something, something like that yeah basically so i ended up landing an internship with chance the rapper and basically because i had this kind of uh, internet community around me and behind me they helped me uh, bolster campaign were really um, and ended up going pretty wide across the uh, internet for a few weeks and then basically off the back end of that I it was like a three week kind of window of when I put up this website to 
basically where I packed everything, left Australia, came back to Canada for like eight hours and then jumped on tour like from the second date and basically toured with him for um, two about two months and then came back to Canada after that kind of being like, damn, that was crazy. That was probably one of the, that was one of those five people that I said, you know, I'd love to work with. Yeah, um, yeah. So I came back and was kind of like, damn, that was nuts. But like, I don't really know how to even like, it took me a while to kind of process everything and be like, process, oh, that, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. that was a crazy experience. And so basically, and like, even going back, I remember yeah. I, was, I was taking a look through your Instagram account, just kind of getting ready for this. And I remember seeing, I think it was like maybe a year prior to what we just discussed with the internship. You like got on a bus to Vancouver from, I'm not sure from, from Calgary, I think. Right. And uh, you made your way to Vancouver yeah. just to finesse your way to the front of a Chance concert. So like you, you so at that point you you kind of been following Chance for a while. Yeah, I've been a super fan. Like I'd seen him five times before I ever seen him on or before I ever joined him uh, on tour. So I saw him for the first time at um, Sasquatch, and then yeah, like you said, I. The, the very last show that I ever saw of him before I went on, there was me literally busing across, like, busing across the country, like, the day before the show to, uh, like, a 15-hour bus ride to try to finesse my way in with no tickets. And, yeah, I ended up front row at his show, and it was... How did, you, how did you end up finessing your way in? Um, funny, <laughs> funny story. I don't even know if I should say this, but um, basically... Um, I saw that he was going to be doing some sort of like he's tweeted at somebody saying that he's going to do some yeah. game of dodgeball or whatever. So I was like, you know what? If he's going to be at some public event like public space, like I'm going to pull up and try to meet them yeah. and meet the whole gang like I got to. So I went up, I went over there, and then that ended up getting canceled by the time I got there. But um, basically, someone like Colleen or someone tweeted like, "Need weed in Vancouver?" And I was like, "Hey, I know a million people here. Somebody can get them weed." So I replied back. He's like, yeah, I got you. Like, don't worry, whatever. And they were like, okay, bet. Like, um, let us know or whatever. I guess. So I, I secured it real quick for them. It was like, it was not that hard in Vancouver. It's Canada. It's BC. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. it wasn't very hard. Uh, got that for them. But then by the time I hit her back, she said, oh, you know, we actually were actually covered, which, I mean, obviously they probably just realized that they were in fucking Canada and they could do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, but she was like, but I still got your name on the guest list. Um, let me know. Um, let me know what you name is and so i gave her that so i got on the guest list when i went and picked up my tickets it was like some it was some uh seated tickets not even like ga or anything like that and i was yeah, like yeah. i don't know about this so basically i ended up pulling up on them um telling them telling the people at the door that oh actually no, i'm on the uh the list from uh chances manager this is actually just the ga tickets and like there, it was on a it was on a university so these kids are like they don't really they're not like people who do this every day they don't know what they're doing yeah, and yeah. so they're kind of like scrambling around being like uh and so long story long they ended up giving me a wristband I was like holy shit how did this happen <laughs> and then the show starts shit, I'm on the man. floor and I'm like okay so now it's 24 hours after I left yesterday I'm on the floor at this concert this is cool and then I'd never been front row at a concert. I really just started like finesse my way up. I started like second row, third row, um, which is previously like the closest I'd ever been to concert, which was actually Chance in Sasquatch. The first time I saw I was like third row. Um, and then by the, you know, by halfway through the show, I was on the cage. Like I saw all the little screaming fans, screaming girls next to me. And I was just like, yo, this is, this is wild. So yeah, man, it was quite the experience. That is crazy. That is crazy. So you really just like you just made it happen. You you're like okay, you need a plug. I'm the plug. Let's let's. I feel like it. I'm. I feel like I'm. I've always been the type of person where it's just like. I mean, I think even the person is just like. All right, if I don't know how to do something, I'm gonna find a way to make it happen, and you know that's what it is. Yeah, I guess I guess that's really what it comes down to a lot of the time when you're when there's no set path, especially when uh you know we're we're pursuing a path that's uh, a little bit different. You gotta make it. You just gotta make it happen. Yeah, and like I'm the type yeah. of person who I don't have like I don't like to set like certain steps like i'm not gonna say okay this step's gonna lead me to this step was gonna lead me to this step because when mm. you like ha when you have a misstep then you feel like all right nothing else is gonna achieve like so when i go out there i said okay i got 10 different options to get the chance i got colleen on twitter i got i got five different people on twitter i got like um you know i can check people's stories i can figure out where they are in vancouver i know people are gonna know exactly yeah, where yeah. they're at like i know that there's 20 different options for me to find this one thing and i'm just gonna keep my eye out on all of them and figure out you know what's gonna help me get to my goal so that's kind of still how yeah, I look at this. That's tight. That's tight. But yes, um, to go back to what you were saying, so you're you're on tour with Chance. 
uh, and now you're back in Canada. But just to rewind a little bit, like talk about the like the tour. What was that? What was that like? I know, I know, you probably talked about it a lot, uh, and yeah. it, it was a while ago. But just uh, if you if you go over yeah, like whatever details you want to go over. That's yeah, of course. I mean, um, yeah, it was like it was a crazy experience because, again, like this was like someone I've been waiting to meet for like all these times that I was finessing these things. Really, the end goal was always like, man, maybe it's nice tonight. I'm going to get to meet Chance, like just like say yeah. thank you for all the shit he's done for me just in terms of through his music. So I think that first day, like um, first day was in San Francisco and which was a city that, again, I'd always wanted to go to my entire life. I want to see that big red bridge for my entire life. So I spent I literally showed up like five hours before I needed to be anywhere with Chance and them just to go see that Golden Gate Bridge. So that was a really, was a really crazy way to kick it off. Crossed over into Oakland, um, met Chance, which was insane. He was super nice there. I was watching the, uh, some NBA finals at the time, or NBA playoffs at the time. Um, yeah. And then I just spoke with people. But then, yeah, so I ended up, um, there's like eight buses on the tour. I ended up being actually on his bus, his bus, which was super cool. And just like getting to chop it up with him for, you know, eight weeks time sorry so you're you're breaking up you're breaking up a little bit i Uh, I think at the same time they didn't necessarily are he sorry you totally totally broke up there last thing i heard was um getting to like chop it you totally totally (laughs) broke up there for a bit um but last thing i heard was just getting to like chop it up with chance on the bus for eight weeks that's that's the last thing Oh, yeah. So basically, it was like it was I got to chop it up for a while, but it was really just like it took me a while to process um, kind of what I was supposed to be doing. But also, I felt that like he he might not necessarily know what he wanted an intern for. He kind of knew that he wanted wanted somebody. He wanted somebody who could, you know, help add something to his business, but he didn't necessarily know what that was. So it was a lot of kind of just figuring it out, you know, and like, I mean, obviously, I'd been... I've been in the music industry in terms of like being a blogger, but I wasn't like, a, yeah. I, I never knew rappers personally. I didn't know how to be around people. I didn't know anyone from Chicago. Like their, their whole yeah. thing was just way different to me. So I spent the first You really just got figuring, thrown into the fire. Like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, f- I spent the first little while just like figuring out how to be around people like this, you know, like just like, how do I fit in? How do I like make myself helpful without being like always, you know, tapped in? But it was also, I think the only thing he told the tour manager when I showed up there was wherever I go he goes type thing so it was like you know i had to figure out how to always be around without always being like you know whatever yeah um so it was a great experience and then once i did have time to kind of process it i just realized that like he really gave me the opportunity to um take from it what i wanted and what i needed to take from it so like i learned how to be around a lot of these type of people i learned like what makes them successful like being around people who were at the top of the world at the time like you just won all these grammys this whole band was super successful Mm -hmm. and seeing how hard they worked every day but also how they like you know coped the stress and how they did all this type of stuff so i think it was it was really important for me for sure that's that's incredible and and going through that and seeing how uh, people at the top of their game and the top of their industry work how did that change the way that uh, you then worked yourself and um i think it just like again i think um i'm the type of person who kind of um who gained something from um, like modular growth so it wasn't necessarily even something that like i could put into like you know one sentence mm. just like i see a lot of little things i'm like you know i like that i'm gonna pick that up like i like how he yeah, yeah. how he you know plays this situation or how he interacts with this person or how he yeah. realizes how important this this thing is to him or whatever so i feel like when i go through when i go through you know my everyday or whatever there's always just little things that i pull from people that i've met or like conversations i've had just things like yeah. that so yeah i think that's i'm a big i'm a big believer in modular growth just like having a big arsenal a big tool set and like applying what uh, you need at the time you know that's uh that's yeah. interesting that's interesting that's interesting like take on an interesting perspective on how to kind of go into those situations and it, it's very yeah. free you know it's kind of just like you're just living you're just living life and taking that yeah. i mean you gotta keep in mind that like at the time because i'm 24 now he might have been 24 at that time meeting yeah. all of his you know his biggest the biggest um inspirations all that type of stuff right yeah. so it's like now i'm kind of in a position where it's like now i get to work with some of these people who i'm just like wow this is amazing i'm around and like that stuff in itself is like wow how do you work with people who you've done and feel like you deserve to be in the room with you know which is kind of how that yeah, situation yeah. was 
interesting interesting so like going through that you're you're in the situation where you're surrounded by your your biggest inspiration at the time like musically mm-hmm. and uh you're there in a capacity where it's almost like uh you're you're an intern but the way he treated you it sounds like it was more like <laughs> like you were an equal like he gave yeah. you that respect uh how did you like like and, and so then like so moving forward was that kind of like the preparation that allows you to do what you do now with working with artists like i know you've worked with juice world's producers you've worked with yb and cordain uh mm-hmm. was that kind of, would you say that was kind of like your like training ground to move forward and like take these other opportunities um maybe i feel like i feel like it was a little bit different almost because uh-huh. like i think because i knew chance so well like in terms of like just through his music or whatever like it felt like it was yeah. like the first meeting was definitely like a, oh shit everything past that was kind of like man i feel like i've known you for a long time i mean i yeah. think that the people people i met on tour like we met like i met dave Chappelle, i met you know fonzer band i met a bunch of different artists who came through and stuff like that but it yeah. was like that was still almost like I was probably still fanning out at that time because I'm, and I'm always going to be a fan. I think more yeah. when I eventually later on, when I ended up moving into LA and was always around like creatives and stuff yeah. like that. Cause I think I kind of look at everyone kind of like you said on that level playing level playing field. I think that when I moved to LA, that's probably when I more learned about how to be around these people and whatever. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, so like, so now you're you're back in Canada. Uh, the tour is over. What's what's going on? How are you? And I, I know the way that you explained it, you're not really thinking like, all right, so I got this tour, so now I can do this, and then I can do that. You're kind of just like mm-hmm. taking it as it goes. What was your like thought process at the time? What's 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 happening post uh, post tour? Really? Yeah, really. I got back and I was just like, all right, I got some money in my pocket. That's great. Like, didn't expect to have yeah. this six months out of college. And it wasn't like a big sum, but it was just like, cool. I don't yeah. gotta work for like a month or two. Let me figure my shit out. And then basically, I was like. I don't know really what I, I was just like, okay, well now people kind of know who I am, but you know, this was never, it was never announced. There was never anything like that, but I was like, okay, yeah, you know what? Yeah. I want to write about my experience. And so basically I went and I, I wrote a piece about the experience probably about six weeks after I'd gotten back when I had time to process it. And it had gotten a little bit of traction from media who were finally finding out that the guy who had this other viral thing a few you know months ago actually did get to do the experience. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. basically it was kind of like I was getting people covering that piece and like drawing people back like it was getting crazy hits but it was like eventually I had people actually wanted to like talk to me and talk about my experience and somewhere in there I think I I don't know I really don't know how I came across it but I was just like you know this is an opportunity for me to like set myself up like to have some success here so when I eventually got um um reached out to by pigeons and planes and they wanted to you know uh, do an interview with me and kind of um, hear about my story and stuff like that. I kind of used it as a, a little launch board um, yeah. for my career. And basically in that interview, I ended up saying that, you know, I want to start this business where I help artists. Um, and like, I basically said that the reason why I had, cause I think a big par- part of the process was figuring out like, why the hell did I deserve to do this? Cause I think it was hard for me mm. to kind of be like, how the hell did I go from being in Canada, some random kid with some hip hop blog that like, people have seen but nobody reads um, yeah. to being in Australia and then all of a sudden I'm in the States doing this crazy tour I was like why like why me type of thing and it was really hard to kind of process that but like you know and I still don't probably know why but um, I kind of chalked it up to at the time I was like you know I've built this personal brand for myself I think that's why I've been able to get where I am I think uh-huh. that musicians could benefit from having a stronger personal brand let me help them out that way so that's what I told them in that interview and that really helped me uh, springboard so I don't know if that was even a cognitive decision but thankfully it was and it really helped you know propel me to where I was now that's probably the biggest thing I've done in this in this old career landscape that's really set me up yeah yeah so I, I guess it's kind of just being like staying aligned with who you really are mm-hmm. and just taking it like play by play from there yeah really it was just like okay yeah. well now let me look at what i'm actually good at what i'm potentially qualified to do and see if people are into it you know if people want my help i'd love to help them um so let's see what happens it was really just a shot in the dark and, and it ended up being yeah you know big for me yeah and i can i hear that when you're you're definitely i hear you talking about it's kind of like imposter syndrome, right? Yeah, it's exactly you're, that. You're, like, yeah. you're surrounded by all these great opportunities, but you don't exactly know where you fit into it. And, yeah, I still yeah, yeah, definitely. Day, you know? Yeah. And so, and so, like, tell me, tell me a little bit about what you're up to these days. Like, what do you, uh, 
what do you do? Because it's like it's it's kind of it's like I I myself don't really understand like the whole yeah, of uh, gambit of I know that it's it's artist management, it's artist brand building, but I know there's a lot more to it. Yeah, I mean. I, feel, I think that's that's even part of the brand there too is that a lot of people don't really know what I do because I remember like recently yeah, I've, yeah. I've been looking for an intern I actually did just hire an intern um, and I'm but one of the questions I asked all of them was so what do you think I do because I'm like you guys are all interested yeah. in working for me what do you actually think that I do um, yeah. but now so basically since then um, yeah I went on and I'd done some personal branding with some people I had started working with artists directly working with management working with um, labels so I was working with um, 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 Chance's background singer's third story they gave me like the biggest opportunity at the time and I ended up working with some labels out there um, so yeah I went from went back to Canada then went lived in LA for a little bit and then came back and kind of you know thought about where I wanted to be um, I said you know summertime London is a great place to be for music probably the best place in the world to be for music so I said let me pull up out there so for the last year or so I've been out in London because basically I came out here ended up yeah. loving it um, and so now I'm so basically my title changes every three months I feel like because like so I work from home for full time hard to be like all right this is the one thing that i do because really project by project client by client it um it changes um i'm but, so sorry man so you're, you're breaking up a little bit again uh yeah yeah we'll yeah so i i think the uh, last thing i i recall was uh now for the past few years i've been freelancing uh get to work yeah. from home that's that's the last thing i caught yeah so basically i've been having worked from home and basically as i was saying is that my um my title kind of changes every you know every, every few months, months because yeah. basically yeah. exactly because basically it's kind of like every project by project artist by artist what they yeah. do is a little bit different so right now kind of what i say is content strategy um digital project manager um and then kind of brand direction as well um so basically i'm more with different artists uh, agencies labels and a lot of times they'll come to me with a project or an artist and say um hey we got three months of this album comes out can we put together some sort of digital campaign let's get some experiential parts of that let's figure out how we can kind of bolster down this brand or vice versa they'll say we have this new artist we've had them for x amount of time um how can we make the brand stronger so i'll go and do a brand audit kind of look at how if i was someone to come to their digital thing i'd discover them what they're doing well what they're not doing well what we could yeah. do in the future and then so basically after i do that we kind of try to correct the brand get it going in the right direction even go look look in the backs where you say um over the last year or so these are everything you posted here's some things that you should maybe keep up what you should take down whatever but then when we're moving forward it's a lot more than the digital side so basically i'll go in and say how do I add a level uh, or any, you know, an extra layer of value to this piece of art, to this artist, to their brand or whatever, because it really, the very first thing that I told people when I started um, my personal branding business, you know, two years uh, ago was that you can tell a hundred people a day that you're the next big thing. Your artist, your music's the best thing they're ever going to hear and out of those 100 people each one of those 100 people probably heard had 100 people tell them today that they're the next big artist next big thing whatever so having great art is like only 50 percent of the battle because the other half of it is how do we get people to listen how do we get them to care uh -huh. how do we get them to stick around so i try to just like i'm out of numbers i don't call myself a marketer i call myself you know i'm in communications like that's what my degree's in and mm. i'm more in terms of like all right i'm not trying to get you a million followers i'd rather you have a hundred thousand followers with a 50% engaging rate then you know yeah, yeah. 1% engaging end up getting much more a much higher return based on us making your content stronger putting it in the right place for people to see etc cetera, etc cetera. so right now I'm working that with is, a couple that of is fantastic because yeah, I feel like that really is it's it's a different approach and a lot of the time it's more so cast a wide net than cast a deep net but I feel like you're you're taking the cast a deep net approach where it's like let's focus on really delivering uh, an authentic experience for the people who really do focus what you're doing yeah exactly it's like let's make sure and it's also just about like 
making it easy to understand. So like uh, the analogy that I always use is basically like a TV show. So I say at the beginning of a TV show, um, the very first episode, obviously like you, you've, you've seen it, you'll see the title, you know, the show most, most of the time, you know, the shows, but who's the main character. But if you were to never know what the main character is, if you were to start that first show, you wouldn't necessarily know just by looking at it, who the main character is because every character that they introduce starts with about two to three characteristics. Like they're all flat characters. As the series progresses, the main characters add, traits slowly and slowly and then you start realizing okay this is the main character but so the thing that i so why this is the analogy i use is that a lot of people a lot of these young guys especially too will come out and be like listen i'm this 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 and this and i don't want you to put me in this box because i also do this 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 this, this." and i'm like (laughs) listen no audience will ever be able to understand that it's like what you want to be the deepest part of you is like your music your art whatever you're delivering to them because that's going to be that uh one-to-one intimate experience then people can understand you know a lot of things but if we're looking at a piece of content a piece of anything that's going to be from like one to like me to a thousand different people how are we going to make sure that 750 those people understand what i'm trying to say it's like we got to keep it to like a few things like what are the most important things and how are they all um how it's like a prism you know how are these three different uh angles all, all gonna point and be leading towards one thing and be mm-hmm. you know contributing to this to one overall goal so that's kind of what i try to do with these people is just say you know how do we make this something that can be digestible, understandable, but without watering you down. We're not trying to water you down. We're just trying to make it easier for people to understand, you know? That's just what audience culture is. I talked to somebody yesterday and they said, you know, trending is the biggest thing right now. And like, it's true because basically all that means is that like, it's not about necessarily always having that super intimate thing because intimacy definitely requires you know some depth or whatever but when you're trying to cater to a million different people how do you get a million different people to understand like you know it's just mm-hmm, kind of what mm-hmm. it is so that's when it goes back to like what's so that's that's why you're talking so when you say like trending right like trending is what's big right now but you're mm-hmm. also talking about going deep and building a brand that resonates with the smaller exactly. audience where did those where well, where we'll do you see, see those two overlapping is that where it's like you build yeah. your own strong deep uh, personal brand but at the same time you focus on what trends are going on so it's not like you're like locked in like your exactly. own world but you're still like participating well i think i think the overlap is that to me what i'm saying is that i don't care about your numbers if you have five thousand followers you have a million followers you should always be doing this because if you have a million followers it's the same thing it's just that like it's you still want a million people to understand what you're saying it's like the reason why Mm -hmm. old town like the songs why reason why like every big massive hit you hear is like you're like wow why is this song like getting a trillion plays whereas like this super deep whatever song so like you know not everybody can connect with that not everybody resonates with it Mm -hmm. but when you're no matter what skill you're doing it, it's like, how do we get people to understand? How are they going to be able to just like, it's really just understanding it. Like it's communication. Like how do you have strong communication tactics here? Everything else really is like, you know, second nature. It's the art, it's whatever it may be. So I think that's kind of what the overlap is, is that it doesn't matter what level you're at. You should be trying to build those. That's how you get those strong, crazy super fans. You know, you start, yeah. I think the, the difference is that if you have a million people and you start with those three traits, like Lil Nas X, it's going to be really, hard for him to get a super fan who like follows him for the next 20 years because he has so many people to cater to but if you start mm-hmm. with that 5,000 and you're like being strong you're being like um so like someone who I know who I've literally my very first client and this is um back two years ago his name was Adrian Stresso and I still work really closely with him and his manager and it was like when I started working with them I don't know what their metrics were but like they had he said they had 5,000 people all over social media it was like they really worked with like engaging like being like um, being authentic with their friends and stuff like that so now it's like when he's at 10 times the size he was two years ago he's still mm-hmm. he's been building super fans every time he's added that level that new trait he's brought in a few more people but those uh-huh. people that he already turned into super fans they're just you know they're staying with them so he's always going to be successful just because he's been catering it so maybe that's kind of the difference but also where the overlap exists interesting interesting and so like then then the one question that i really have for you is like coming at like considering that you're coming in uh externally right to uh kind of alter and recommend what to do to people's mm-hmm. like their own like personal brands mm-hmm. how do you keep it authentic while still like strategizing and doing shit to uh improve the way that they're portrayed but at the same time like staying true to what their uh, real messages and what they're trying to put out yeah i think that for me like 
the reason why I'm able to work with an artist who has no team or an artist who has just a manager or a label with, you know, 50 different people on teams that I basically just come in and say, because I'm a jack of all trade, I can just be, I just want to be an extension of your team. Like I will. So I think the thing is that like, you know, with a lot of artists, they're, you know, they're obviously, they they have great ideas. So a lot of the thing for me is that like, you can give me the idea. I'm going to help you format it because a lot of people are like, you know, I want to do this, 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 and this. They don't know how to translate that to social media. That's why like their albums will be hot, but they don't know what to, you know, they don't know how to talk to you on digital or whatever. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm basically saying, and like being able to format this for people so i can say all right got you it, do got it. pop up this is how we're going to format it so we can advertise it on digital so sense, we can do this so we can do this and yeah. like we can scale it to the proper level because they might be like i want to do a pop-up for a hundred thousand people i'll say okay well you know <laughs> realistically this is going to be for 50 yeah. people but we can scale it so that it feels like it's a you know big room yeah thing, you know yeah that totally makes sense and it, it's like um <laughs> you're you're basically a translator like you translate the vision so that it can be understood by the masses through social media. Yeah, something like that. And I mean, I think it's really hard in the industry like this to be. Yeah. It's the same person like me. I don't like to, I don't know what that means, but basically <laughs> it's me someone who has like, someone who has like any a kind of in, I, I would say that I kind of have an intangible skill where I can't say I'm a yeah. photographer. Let me show you some photos. I'm a videographer. Let me show you some videos. I'm like, yeah. I have ideas. I'm a strategist. I can't really show you the strategy that's going on in my head, but I'm thinking about everything. I'm thinking about 20 mm-hmm. different things right now. It's having this conversation with you, you know? So it's just, it's just one of those things. Interesting. Interesting. So when you, when you are like pitching a label or you're pitching an artist or a manager, are you coming at it saying like, I'm a content strategist, I'm a strategist, I'm a, like, how do you like, funny how thing. does that conversation go? The funny thing is that I like, and it sounds I don't know if it sounds cocky. It feels like it sounds cocky, but it shouldn't. <laughs> it's like I don't. I really like haven't pitched to anybody. Like, I don't pitch to anybody because of how strong really? the brand is, and because okay, like okay. I'm, I'm like, and I think, and I think it's part of the brand, but it's also part of like, I'm not. Like I feel like I'm an authentic communicator. Like I really like yeah. to, like if I can, if I can chop it up with you, I know you from the internet. Like I have so many good friends that I've just built over the internet. Like because yeah. I was a kid in Canada who had no other connection to what's going on in hip hop or going on and whatever. Like I've just built so many friends that way where it's like. I'm the, and I'm also the same way. It's basically that when somebody brings up, okay, you know, I got this art, they're talking to their friend. They say, I got this artist. He's like, his music's so good, but like, man, he's, he's social kind of shit. And I just can't figure out how to fix it. Someone automatically is like, yo, I know this guy who does something in digital. I don't even know necessarily what he does, but I know he's helped a lot of artists with their mm-hmm. digital stuff. You should talk to him, vice versa. Like yeah, the reason yeah, yeah. why I, I make so many like connections is that like when I talk to you, I just want to know who you are. If you're a good person, like, I can pick up those vibes pretty quickly. And and I want to know what yeah. you do because uh-huh. next day tomorrow I might be talking to someone tomorrow and they say, man, I really want to get my artists on a podcast and we'll be like, yo, I know this kid who does a podcast. Like, I think that's why yeah. I, when I say my brand is strong, people know that I'm in digital. And I think the fact that they don't know what I do, but they know that it's something to do with helping people on socials or helping people in the digital space. It helps them it like, helps, want to reach yeah. out to you and ask you like, what, like, can you fit exactly. in here? Can you not fit in? Because it, it that doesn't, makes, that like, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Oh yeah, appreciate it. That is that is fantastic. That's fantastic. So it's really like you've just built this authentic brand that people uh, that people mess with, that people resonate with. So when that like that, when something like that comes up, they already know that like you already you've already put yourself in a position where you're top of mind to. To, yeah. to be able to be reached out to. Exactly. That's what I try to do. And I mean, like everyone I work with, I like, even people I don't work with, like I said, I like to have that authentic connection with them. Like, I really want to check on you. I want to know how you're doing. Like, I want to know everything past just the business stuff. So I think it does make it a little bit easier for these people. But I mean, at the same time, having a something where like I haven't done a lot of pitching to people also, you know, has been something that's potentially, you know, hurt me in times where I'm like, you know, right now I'm in a great place, but it might've been, you know, say six months ago, I might've been like, damn, I'm going back into full-time freelancing. I'm in between contracts. So I only have the people I work with directly. How do I get mm-hmm. a new client? Like, I'm so not used to having to be like, okay, let me do some research, scope out and be like, okay, this person needs help. Let me figure out how to approach them. Cause usually I'm just yeah. like, okay, you approach me. I figure out if this is a, a project I want to work on. And if yeah. I can actually help you with anything, then like, let's do it. So it's, you know, it's got its pros and cons. Makes sense. Makes sense. So like you, I was it, was it about six months ago or a year ago now that you moved? to to london i moved to london just over a year ago so literally like two weeks ago i had um 
I had my like one year anniversary. But when I came to London, I spent four months working at an agency. So my first ever nine to five, my first ever office job. And really, um, and it wasn't in music at all. So I took like about two months off of freelancing, two months off of music. So I really just had to stop and look at my business and what I was doing and be like, because I knew there were some inefficiencies in it, and, but I really needed to take the time um, to myself to kind of like figure out what I need, the changes I need to implement. Um, mm-hmm, so I figured like mm-hmm. over that over the time I was doing it, I was picking up those inefficiencies. I was seeing what other people were doing. I'm like, you know, that's where I would like to do it. But when you're moving so damn fast, it's really hard to be able to stop and be like, all right, let me put this in place. Let me put this in place. So I took a few yeah. months off and I was in a new city. Like I said, when I was in London, in uh, Sydney, I was a little bit lonely and so then I realized that until I started working at that bar, um, that's when I started making friends. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to a new city, a new continent. Let me get a job and make some friends because that's the easy way for me to do it. But then so yeah. after that, I got back into the freelancing. And so I'd go to work all day, come back home. And since every all my clients are in America, I would, you know, I'd take an hour power nap, wake up, have dinner. And then I'd work from like 8 to 2 a.m. in the morning, just Holy freelance, shit. do whatever I had to do. And so it was getting tired. So basically I did that for about two months. I was overlapping. And then I was like, okay, I'm ready to go back into full-time freelancing, which is around that six month point yeah, so that's when I was yeah. kind of like yeah, I have enough clients to kind of get me by but like I really need to start figuring some shit out right like soon and yeah. it, was just, it was a tough few months but you know I've, I found a way out of it that's that's um that is a tough situation to be in but it's also one that you consciously put yourself into and you work through that to be able mm-hmm. to have that freedom and like make that transition over from working for someone else to being a, a more independent freelancer and yeah. I, I always I like to ask this question to to all the guests because I think that it's uh, it really is the foundation of why uh, we're doing what we're doing and it's why 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 go through all that right like what is your what's your why what's your drive like why are I mean, you doing what you're doing to live this life yeah. i think i've always known that i just like you know oh i can never and I, so I think even before I had a nine to five, yeah, I knew that I wouldn't like a nine to five. And when I did that, I was like, I really know that like I could never do it again. So even right now, when yeah. I'm working for like Virgin in the UK, I'm working from home because like it's just it wasn't for me. So I always knew that I really wanted to do my own thing, have my freedom. Uh-huh. But it's also like I feel like these are like the best years of my life. Like these twenties, like the twenties are like the best years of your life, just in terms of like the freedom you have, the mobility you have. Like you most likely in your twenties, you don't have anything that's really holding you down in terms of like you know say a wife a kids like apartment or house that you got like a that you got a mortgage on like mortgage on yeah you got the biggest freedom to be able to like be anywhere it's like yeah at this point in my life i'm kind of just like man i really need to like have those freedoms i think the biggest thing for me has just always been like okay i know i'm not trying to be locked down in like anything that's really keeping me in one place longer than i need to be um so i think that I think chasing that freedom is a big thing, but it's also like, I'm really like, I'm forward thinking now I'm getting more forward thinking in that. Like, I just yeah. want to, I want to set myself up to have that. When I do have the things that are holding me down, I still don't have these freedoms where it's like, if I'm working from home, I can be with my kids or be with my wife or travel wherever I need to be. And like, I want to see yeah. the world too. So I think, I think my need to travel has been a big, uh, big driver in that. And the fact that, when um, I was young, my mom used to take me all around Canada for her job and stuff like that. I got to do some traveling early. I think that that was instilled uh-huh. in me early. So, so I know there's a lot of people who want to see the world, but until they've taken that first trip, they don't really, it's not really like in them to like, they got to chase that new spot. Yeah. I think since I had that early, I've always been like, okay, well, I know I'm not going to be in the same spot for long. Like I, like as soon as I graduated high school, I knew I was getting off the island and going to uh, to Calgary. Or so where, uh, where, where are you actually from? So I'm from, I was born in Edmonton, um, grew up in Victoria, so Vancouver Island, um, oh, but then my, uh, went to university in my Calgary. My family's actually then, moving to Victoria right now. Really? That's crazy. Yeah. My mom literally just moved out of out of Victoria, moved to Trinidad for um, for a little while, but that's crazy. Trinidad, that's, that's crazy. That's wild. Going back home, eh? Yeah. Yeah, but um, you know, Victoria Victoria's an amazing place. It's such a um it's a beautiful place. It's just a little bit too small for me cuz um, I think it's a great place to to grow up and a great place to retire, but in between there's no real reason for me to be there, so. I feel the same way. That's why I'm like, yo, you guys have fun. I'm going to stay in Toronto, but uh I'm definitely yeah, like- going to visit there often because it's it's beautiful. It's it's absolutely beautiful. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Victoria, then you moved to Calgary, you were saying, right? Yeah, I did Victoria, moved to Calgary for university, yeah. and then, yeah, Calgary to Sydney. Did Sydney yeah. for, 
you know, three, four months, Sydney to the tour, toured the entire United States. I probably saw like 30 something states and then lived in LA for a little bit, came back to Canada for a little bit and then been in London. And this has all been like, I graduated just over two years ago. Um, so like December, 20, December, 2016, I graduated. Um, so it's been like, it's been a quick, quick few years, but it's been, it's been great. I wouldn't change it. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that's fantastic. And like, what's the, what's the lifestyle like over there in London? I mean, London's great. I like it. I think that there's, you know, there's a lot, um, a lot bubbling here in the, uh, creative community, especially like the black art that's coming out of London is amazing right now. Um, but I mean, I feel like, I feel like, um, Australia was like, so say Canada's here, Australia's here, Britain's somewhere in the middle. It was like, Australia was like, I still didn't have culture shock when I landed, but it was like, it was a little bit too different for me. And like, Britain is like, it's enough like Canada, but it's enough, it's way different. And I'm in Europe where it's like, I can travel so much easier. So it's it's great for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's cool. What's the is the do you feel like the and yeah, you were saying the so you're saying the black art scene is like really popping off in London right now. Yeah. How do you like what's like what's going on there? What are you excited about? <clears throat> I think I'm really excited about like the production companies and like the videos and stuff that's coming out because I feel like you know, music Dude, and that's I've stuff, been like, yeah, I've been seeing funny. a lot of crazy stuff coming out of London, right? like wise. Yeah, I feel like if I go to LA or whatever, like I yeah. can, I can almost see like the difference between a two thousand dollar video to ten thousand dollar video to a forty thousand dollar video. Here yeah. it's like, yo, people who are like, your song might be trash because you might be on your first release ever, and like the yeah. video is gonna be crazy because like, I swear to God, from like as soon as you pass like five hundred pounds of here, you're getting like an amazing, beautifully shot video, and I feel like so people really? like Codes Radical, yeah. people like uh, Callard is one of my artists, um, like putting. Uh, Mahalia, Mahalia, I don't know how you pronounce her name. She, like they're all putting out like amazing, beautiful videos. Like so, I'm I'm loving what they're doing out here. That is that is fantastic. So it's like so it's like the visual culture there is insane. Like they have they have a strong lock on that. Yeah, they're just like I don't know. I think the production companies are just like pushing the envelope because there's a lot of independents who are just starting their own thing out here, which I think is really cool. So yeah. Yeah, and I think like definitely even for me, like looking at other directors that I, I really I really mess with in uh like who who are like like let's say like Dexter Navy, right? Like he's signed mm-hmm. to Division in Paris, which is again out of Europe. And I feel like I've just been seeing so much fantastic yeah. fantastic work coming out of Europe. Like it's not just all based out of uh, North America anymore. Yeah, I think it's just the I think it's the the beauty aspect out here. Like I mean I feel like Europe really like Europe is about like beauty. I feel like like North America isn't really about beauty in that same way. It's about like money. <laughs> it's almost like it's only exactly. It's almost like yeah. in the middle. Like so, say like say age is really really um really uh concerned about like efficiency, and Europe's really concerned about beauty. It's kind of like North America somewhere in the middle, exactly like the money, because basically that's where beauty and beauty and efficiency meet is capitalism. Yeah. But out yeah. here, it's kind of like I feel like there's just like that underlying sense of beauty. So I think that's big and then i also feel like you know the afrobeat um culture out here um and like the afro fusion stuff i think that's something that i was just never really um you know tapped into and like since i've been out here i've been like wow it's, it's crazy to see the resurgence because there's just so many um so many first generation african londoners living out here who are like yeah. you know they want to tap back into their african roots but they also want to make it modern and so like the afrobeat game out here is crazy like crazy that crazy. is wild that is wild yeah. definitely like send a if you have time send a few links over i'd love to i'd love to check out some afrobeats <laughs> yeah <got> um <laughs> Uh, I had a, I had a question. I totally it just it slipped my mind. But um, oh yeah, I got it. I got it. <laughs> so what uh the like the these days, right? What uh what clients are you what clients are you working with? Like what's what's popping? What's going on? Um, so basically, my main kind of uh, thing that's keeping me busy right now is uh, this new label called Lost Ones. Um, so they're a new imprint under Virgin EMI, which is like the biggest, um, the biggest label in the UK for the past like six years. Um, and so basically, they're just trying to set up this new label. They got, they got four, they got four like amazing like new talented like artists who basically like 
they know this label. They basically they did come out and say like you know they're way more they're way more um they're way more pressure on like having like amazing art than having like a billboard hit, which is great. But I think got the it, fact is that like they're they're young and they're hungry and they're trying to um you know there's a lot of brand uh, development piece there. So I'm working with them. Um, so they got uh-huh. an artist named Collard, um, an artist named Jewels, artist named Benji Flow. They're all they're all killing it right now. I got another artist um, named Wav as well. Um, so I'm working with them a lot. Um, I'm doing some independent stuff for this girl out in Nashville, um, Dara. She's putting out some really uh, Dara, sorry. Uh, she's putting out some great some great uh, music. You got an EP working, um, and then obviously with Corday, I'm basically like and with Corday. I feel like we're just in a place where it's like that's just the homie. I'm like, you know, you hit me up, you send through anything, I'll let you know how it's going. Like, I'll let you know what I think yeah, about yeah. it. I'll let you know what I think, you know, need some change. So I'm just, I'm waiting on his project to anxiously. I've been hearing some of the cuts coming off that and they're, they're crazy. So I think y'all are going to be in it for a treat with that. But, you know, that's kind of what's holding me down. And I'm just always doing, you know, stuff that's month to month um, in terms of projects that has come into me. But yeah. Interesting, interesting. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's I, think just, I think that's been my biggest thing. Oh yeah, you do. You put out you put out a lot of photography work actually. I just I, I remember that just now. That's that's wild. So like yeah, so what photography is it just like is that just like so that's just for fun at this point, right? Like you're just Yeah, somewhat. I think that I think that recently I think it's been recent that I would start considering myself a photographer, call myself a photographer. I'm the type of person who teaches myself a lot of things, but I feel like I respect, you know, I respect the art or whatever too much to like pick up a camera and say I'm a photographer. But basically it was like when I started traveling, um, I started with disposables. So when I was in Australia, I started with disposables and when I was in that chance store. So I did that for about a year. And then eventually it was like, you know, I'm really enjoying this. I'm getting some cool photos, picked up a point and shoot, did that for a little while. And then so over these last six or so months, I've been playing with a um, with an SLR. So I shoot all film photography. Um, and then, yeah, so as soon as I was like, you know what, as soon as I can do my first gallery, as soon as I can sell my first prints, as soon as I can do whatever, you know, then I, you know, maybe I'll start feeling uncomfortable. So myself and a good friend, Frankie, um, who was um, probably one of the best um, live music photographers out right now. We did our first project. Um, so we, we started that out on, in uh, LA, sold a bunch of prints, which was really cool. And then we actually put up, we had our first little exhibition out here in London um, um, for two really cool um so yeah i'm just working on some documentary photography so i think it's getting a little bit more serious now where i'm able to start booking shoots and stuff like that i've been doing my first like paid shoots and stuff but yeah it's it's definitely i think it's my biggest hobby and also like something that now i'm starting to actually integrate into my business just part of that modular growth thing you know when people do need photographers that i'm you know artists that i'm working with i say hey you got me right here we can do what we do so that's my good man that's tight that's tight so it's kind of like you also used to draw too didn't you I used to do everything, man. I've done like, <laughs> so, like I really like. I started early on. Like my first night, it was video production. I used to make uh, YouTube videos. Really? Like, um, yeah, I used to do. I used to make Call of Duty videos. Like that was <laughs> what I was into at the time when I was at yeah, the. Uh, yeah. That's what, like that's the first creative thing I ever did was like was work with my uh, my good high school friends. We used to make like uh, yeah. you can still find those things honestly on YouTube. So I did that, and then yeah, when I was in early university, I started drawing, and then my next creative muse was so basically I get to a level of like where I feel like okay cool I'm good enough at this that like I feel like like I said like confident enough to call myself something maybe and then I usually get bored of it so I'm, so I'm happy that I haven't got bored of photography but yeah so I went to writing and then that really launched me into this and then I became you know into the social media stuff now I'm doing the photography so I've, I've done a lot of different things but I think it's helped me now being on the production side because I went through a lot of time of you know putting together stuff I know how long it takes to edit a video get that first draft turned into second draft whatever whatever so on and so forth so now when I'm doing project management I can say okay guys like even though y'all want this video to come out in two weeks I know that realistically it's going to take us X amount of time to find a location to shoot this, yeah. to do that, ever so it's helpful. That's wild. That's wild. So really, like you've had your hand in so many different pots. So you know, you know what the video production side of things is like. You know what the photography side of things is like. You're not just coming at it blind from like uh, a creative director standpoint or a content producer standpoint. You kind of yeah. you've had your you've had your time in each of those areas. Yeah, I man. That's what I try to do. So it's been. It's yeah, definitely yeah. been helpful that's tight that's tight 
Yeah. And uh, so like, what are your, I know you, I know you kind of take things uh, step by step, take, take things as they go, but uh, next steps, what are you thinking? Like what's, what are, what's for, what's the plans for future Hosp? Um, you know, I'm definitely, I'm definitely always at her playing chess. So there'll be some stuff that you see soon that yeah, I've already yeah. been thinking about for six months. But um, I think my biggest goal right now is, um, is really just trying to find uh, I'll say a team. I won't. I won't kind of. I won't put it in any box. But I'm trying to find a team, basically, where like I can get a little bit more. Um not even really power just like freedoms to kind of be like hey let's take this brand let's develop it let's run with it i want like a longer term thing so i've been working on a lot of three-month projects a lot of six-month projects i want something where i can really like sink my teeth into for the next you know couple of years and really take it from the ground up because i really i can't get boxed into something where it's like all right my position goes from marketing manager to senior marketing manager to head of marketing uh, of media marketing or whatever but really it's just the same yeah. job every day but you're paying a little bit more like i need to have those freedoms to kind of like offer my services everywhere so i'm doing that uh-huh. and then honestly i'm trying to start a tea company for like by next year like i want to have a, a running like for real i want just, something that's like yeah for real like i want something that's outside of music completely that like i'm yeah. always going to be i'm always going to be in music but i want something that's yeah. like you know something else i'm into I, I think i'd be a good businessman i'm also just want something that's like i can take my head out of music for a little bit and like you know fuck with and i think that i really i'm i, I love tea i love myself some tea i think it's a, <laughs> i think it's a cool yeah. little world i think being out here more like i've always liked tea but i think being out in london obviously there's a bigger tea culture than i would have been anywhere else i've been in so look out for that yeah. too like i've been i've been dropping <laughs> those hints like people on twitter know that i've been dropping those hints for a long ass time so yeah, yeah. this time next year i'm hoping to have something going with that so you know who knows might be the next tea empire you know you never know that's that's fucking hilarious man that's that's yeah. that's, that's how, how do you how do you keep it so organic because like re- like realistically like it feels like for like bitches based on this conversation it feels like everything you do it's not like it's like yeah of course this is what i'm doing like of course this is what i'm doing you know like and you're just doing it i love i think it's because how how do you stay how do you stay aligned with those values and like who you you know honestly i think that like deep down like i think deep down i'm just like a storyteller like i'm really living my life to like come to the end of my life and be able to like just have like the best story i love talking to old people who like have crazy stories to like tell them be like this is how i did something so i feel like i'm really driven yeah. by the fact that like I, I like to tell people like i'm gonna do something or like put it out there like kind of crazy and then me actually go and do that shit and they'd be like wow well how did he do that like i'm just like i like to tell myself things too like so i'm like you know what yeah i love tea i'm gonna start a tea company i'm gonna tweet it out i'm gonna tweet it into existence you know what i mean and that's kind of just what it is and like i like doing things so i like trying new things teaching myself things i'll teach myself anything from youtube so i can teach myself how to start a tea company i think <laughs> that's that's <laughs> i can teach my yeah yeah for sure for sure and uh when you when you launch that i'll definitely be uh yeah, i'll definitely be there to try it out i'll definitely it's be there like to try a it sample out. you know as of right now it's a tea company who knows what it'll develop into over the next year but it's like you know we'll see. But yeah. slash record label slash marketing Anything. agency like who fucking knows hey, exactly it don't matter and then by the time i'm 30 i'll probably drop all of that and you know i'll figure something else out but you know for the time being i'm just looking ahead i'm moving forward i'm trying not to age myself anymore i'm just being like you know real life the tough things you go through in life will age you so i like i used to call myself old all the time i used to be like oh man i'm an old man i'm an old man but it's like you gotta stop doing that because real life will age you so i'm like you know i'm just trying to keep moving forward look ahead and that's what it is that's fantastic i think that's a that's a great place to wrap this up thank you for coming through really appreciate you making the time man i appreciate it i appreciate you for having me um super cool man um i look forward to seeing what y'all y'all keep doing so yeah for sure and like realistically like the goal is to just keep like talking to to people like you who are doing who are living their life authentically like building building a career that's not just like what they've been told you know like like this is what it means to be successful and make it but really like building your own path and you know we at ego here my co-host couldn't be here today but me we at ego here like we really we fuck with what you're doing so keep going hey i appreciate it man it's, it's you know y'all y'all doing god's are great y'all are uh y'all are motivating people to go do what they gotta do so I- I appreciate y'all. Sick, sick. All right, and uh, to our to our listeners, we'll see you. We'll see you next week. Peace.